I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We're talking again. Our bodies were made. Hi, I'm Paul Mitzi. I'm Lucy Thomas. I'm Brendan Levi. And we are the Swapcast Podcast. Every episode we watch an entry in the body swap movie genre and break it down for you. This week we are watching the 1993 fantasy comedy Heart and Souls, starring Robert Downey Jr., Elizabeth Shue, Kira Sedgwick, Charles Grodin, Tom Sizemore, and Alfre Woodard, in which an unhappy businessman finds a new sense of purpose after his task with helping a quartet of ghosts fulfill their last wishes before moving on to the afterlife. As always, we love to hear from our listeners, so slide into our DMs on Insta, send us an email, or chuck us a review on iTunes so we can get to 100 reviews and do an episode on Face Off already. So, on to Heart and Souls. This is the second film we've done for the podcast where Robert Downey Jr.'s life gets turned upside down when an untimely death causes him to be possessed by the soul of another person who he must then help achieve to finish their unfinished business so that it can move on to the afterlife. So was this film a more successful variation on this story than chances are? Yes! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Done. Yeah, the you know the first one's always better than the sequel. You know what I mean? But this was the second one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean like this is obviously the the like the first story, and you know chances are is like the second story in the in this universe. Oh, that's deep. Um, how I don't get where you're going because everyone who got on the bus was going to go get reincarnated, and there's like all this like terrible bureaucracy in this afterlife that's getting fucked up all the time these movies are in the same universe that's my theory interesting so in your theory is robert downey jr the same person in both movies yes because he eventually forgets who he is after he gets knocked out at the end of chances are and he was also learning to be like a law person and he ends up growing and he's in this one a law person also when you say law person <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean lawyer from the <laughs> That's a deep cut, Brendan. I don't know if I. That's like uh, that Breaking Bad, uh, Malcolm in the Middle thing. That like it, what? That that um, Malcolm in the Middle is like the the sequel to Breaking Bad, and that's his um. What do you call it? <laughs> Father uh, to do wit- life. No, no, witness protection. Like, uh, <laughs> him just being a suburban dad is him in witness protection. Anyway. This movie, I think, like, we all obviously loved it. This episode is just going to be a gush fest. Well, did, Brendan, did you, what did you think? 
Yeah, I've seen it before. I loved it. It was oh so good God. to see it again. And there's yeah. so many bits yeah. that, like, when that kid started crying, I could hear that voice. And I was like, oh, my God. No. Okay. Stay. So, stay, guys. So, I know. Can you imagine being that kid's mum in real life? Like, you'd be like, stop making my child cry like that. Do you guys? How do you think they did it? Oh, yeah. Do you think they was... just, like... Pretended to kill his dog or something. Because okay. that you was some. Hear the saddest story about me ever. Like, yes. The saddest story. <laughs> okay. For it. So, so this is when the ghosts are going away. So, Paul, yeah. you need to do the plot properly in a minute because if people have been living under a rock and haven't seen this movie, you need to explain it properly. Yeah, we but, should all yeah. say right now. We we all say you should go watch this movie. Oh right? my god! Yeah. 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 Hundred yeah, percent. Yes. Okay, yeah. so the ghosts are leaving, and this little boy is, is going, Julia, Harrison, Milo, don't go, please stay. Okay, so this is the thing. I love this movie, and yeah. like I have friends that will back me up on, I say... Julia, Milo, like if <laughs> like uh if Adrian has to like go to work or something, <laughs> I'll be like, don't go, Julia. <laughs> like uh, it's something I do. Okay, I shit you not. One of my very terrible boyfriends is mm-hmm. breaking up with me, and that is truly the last thing I said to him standing. <laughs> standing on my front porch. Yeah. 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 That's the last thing I ever said to him. Did he understand? Come and get your shit. (laughs) Did he understand the reference? Yeah, because I said it all the time. But wait, wait, wait. Why did you go there? Like, were you emotionally trying to keep him there? Or were you like, I don't give a shit about this guy. I'm just going to sass him. him. I was trying to get him to stay. And I was doing, I just did did my last ever, like, this is what you're going to remember me by. (laughs) But then, like, after he left, I was like, oh, I hate you and come and get your things. (laughs) also one time uh this other guy broke up with me but he hadn't really ever said it and then i said to him this is how i said uh so we're broken up right i just go so we're done so right and he's like yeah and i was like okay bye forever and that that was another (laughs) way i've uh been broken up with i i'm often curious like do your exes ever go oh lucy's got a podcast i might have a listen I um, hear all I, these none stories. None of them talk to me, that, really. So I would laugh Look, my ass if off. You if you sedate did. Lucy and you're listening to this, can you write in an email? Tell us, like, uh, your side of the story. Brendan, you're an awful friend, and you're supposed to back me up. And I know, I know, Paul's got my back here. He, he's team me. I'm always team you. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Brendan's like oh, yeah. trying to be the we- fair, the fair and balanced person of like, oh, maybe there's two sides, whatever. There's my side, and everyone <laughs> else know. can fuck off. Anyway, guys, if you can guys break have to up stick with, together. If you can break up with me when I'm standing on my front porch and it's raining and it's going, I'm going, Julia, Milo. <laughs> then like you're dead inside, and there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, yeah, so we're, do the plot, Paul. Do the plot. Yeah, let's actually talk about the fucking movie. <laughs> um, um, I'd rather yeah. just hear stories from Lucy, but that's fine. Let's well, go I, I would as well, but... <laughs> People who listen to this podcast have made comments about our tangents, so... Uh, the movie. Yeah. Well, specifically with doing this episode because another podcast called Castology requested that we do it and, and they the reviewed this show. We go on too many tangents. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, well, that's Castology. Like your opinion, fuck man, you. And also, I love when podcasts go on tangents. I live for the tangent. Tangent city. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, let us know, listeners. If you love our tangents, let us know. If you want us to shut the fuck up, let us know. Actually, don't let us know. If you thought my story was endearing and sweet and that you really just love me, um, please let us know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on to Heart and Souls. Um, so basically what this movie is, it's about... It, Starts in San Francisco in 1959, and we meet four disparate characters. There's a a single mother of four kids. There's a a waitress whose hometown boyfriend has come back into town to try to get her to go back home with her. There's a an opera singer that's always too scared to actually go through with his auditions. That's right, and. And then there's a, a low level criminal who is trying to steal back, um, some stamps that he stole from a little kid. They all have their nights go badly where they, they don't get to finish what they're meant to do. And they all go onto a bus and then the bus driver gets distracted by a, another car that has like a sexy lady in the passenger seat and distracted driving almost smashes into another car that has a woman who's about to have a baby and her husband, drives off the side of the road, smashes, kills everyone on the bus, and then the souls of the four people that were on the bus rise up out of the bus and then get attached to the baby of the woman in the other car. Then the four ghosts uh, kind of are attached to the baby. They can't leave the baby's side, so he... As he grows up, they're always with him, and the ba- and the baby and the kid. Eventually, the kid can see the four ghosts and can interact with them. becomes their friend. He's sort and they of like become... their conduit, right? Yeah, and they and the ghosts like see themselves as a like parental figure to the kid, so they're always trying to teach him stuff. But then. The more intrusive they get into his life, they end up making him go to like the racetrack and bet on horses and Please, all this, mister, and, like, if I don't place this bet, my dad's gonna beat me real bad. <laughs> 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 then obviously it looks like the kids has mental problems. He's always so, talking to himself. Always talking to himself and dancing to himself and doing weird stuff and saying his parents are gonna beat him. <laughs> So um, the ghosts realize that maybe we're doing more harm than good. So in one of the most traumatic scenes in cinema history, oh decide <laughs> decide to uh, tell the kid, you know, we're leaving now. You're going to be by yourself. Oh, then I'm we cry thinking about it. <laughs> <Fucking hell. laughs> so then, uh, cut to 33 years later, he's now become this older businessman, lawyer, lawman. What did you call it, Brendan? Law person. Law person. Yeah, that was his, t- uh, that was his technical title, yes. 
Um, but because the ghost abandoned him as a kid, he's become a bit of a douchebag because he doesn't want to get attached to anyone. But he's got like a super hot girlfriend that wants to like take things to the next level. Then the ghosts find out that they have to go back to heaven. Well, go to heaven. But they were actually supposed to achieve their unfinished business before they went back. And no he, one ever and told he, them that. And no one to told the, them. To use the mortal to like help them complete their... Yeah. Yeah, so, so instead they- for like... 30 years they've just been attached to this one person not knowing when the next part of their afterlife would begin and they can only talk to themselves in this child who they're not talking to anymore i thought that was like terrifying to me like as a yeah i was like what if the people that you were trapped with were like actually bad people one of them was a petty criminal who was kind of like a bit of a wheeler and dealer yeah yeah and a sexual (laughs) <laughs> but a bit of a sexual deviant as well. Like, I I recently watched Splash. Oh my god, which I thought also, about Splash as well. <laughs> which also, John Candy's character did the same thing. They both, Tom Sizemore in this film and John Candy in that film, have a thing about trying to look up girls' skirts. It must have been like a nineties thing. I feel like it was a fifties thing, right? Like I think of Splash, like the Sandalot kids. In and- Splash, it is the kid. It's the kid when he's younger. Um, oh no, he does yeah. it when he's older as well. Yeah, so just don't do that. And also, like it's <laughs> it's a film. We're not learning moral lessons from it. Like film's got plenty of other great stuff in it. We don't need to concentrate on that. But I was just saying, like these people are bonded together and can't get more than like six feet away from each other. Imagine. Imagine if you yeah. were actually stuck with a pedophile or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you just have <laughs> yeah. to live potentially for eternity stuck with this person. They're pretty lucky yeah. that they that they all got on. Yeah, yeah. they're all fairly nice yeah. people. I don't know if that would match the tone for this film. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> but- I guess um, those people, if like a bad person, would be going to hell, right? So they wouldn't have uh, had the opportunity to. Yeah. Like Milo had a good heart. He got to go to heaven. Yeah, I love- but. What I want to know is like, so at like there's one scene where the ghosts must have gotten the little kid, convinced him to steal pornography, and then they put a like blindfold on him so he couldn't see it and then got him to turn the pages so that the two male ghosts could look at pornography next to the child. Uh, so obviously they have oh. those desires still. <laughs> Don't ruin this movie. So- <laughs> So they got 33 years. years. Blue, blue balls, yeah. Uh, th- well, 33 <laughs> years, but the ghosts can touch each other. <laughs> Surely Were you at attention? one point. I wasn't paying attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> Surely at one point the ghosts decide, like, we all can touch each other. We've all got these desires still. The kid can't see us because we've decided that we're going to be invisible to him. Like, what's stopping them from just having a four-way fuckfest? So what you're saying is you would have rather, when we return to the character 30 years later, (laughs) there's just, like, this hedonistic, like, orgy going on on top of the car as he's driving to work? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I feel like it's just best not to delve 
the problem the problem is is this film's too good and there's not going to be any other laughs in this episode unless we do shit like this <laughs> but i agree i agree the script is really tight there's so many moments where like things happen and they just pay off so well even this tiniest little bit like when the sun find um when the when they are talking to the son and they're trying to tell him like about the the old lady we see at the start of the film he's actually playing with the cats and so we know he knows the old lady just so many little bits like that i really was like oh nice yeah the the story is like woven together really well is that what you mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and they like even though it's like you know sort of like a a really mean thing for them to be like stuck in this like with this kid for 33 years not knowing what's going on like you know when the bus driver comes back he's like oh someone was supposed to tell you this and oh yeah like uh you know time's a relative in heaven like you know what's 33 years <laughs> it's all yeah. sort of like addressed things mm. that you would like be annoyed about and want to say something about and i think the film feels like has more emotional resonance because it's not just happy happy joy joy like there is tragedy in this in this tale and they acknowledge mm. that and like like spoilers for one of the ghosts ending like she goes to you know tell her boyfriend that you know she wanted to be with him and and when she gets there she finds out that he's dead and not only is he dead he it sounds like he had a miserable lonely life and died alone so like you know, it's not like tying everything up in like this neat package, even though it kind of is at the same time. But her lesson is that she has to help Thomas not make the same mistakes in his life. I cried with the resolution of everybody's story, like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I saw, uh, yeah, I saw them like, uh, what? I can't remember the characters' names. What's, uh, what's the one with the son who's the police officer? Penny. Penny. Yeah. Like, when I see her, like, seeing her granddaughter and, and she's stuff, going, I'm just my like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was getting worked up. Yeah. Uh, her performance, Alfred Woodard, is just so good. She's just like, she just like emanates goodness. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Like, so wholesome. Even like tiny little things. And this part always makes me laugh. She is such a mum in it. And that's mm, like her whole yeah. character. And there's a bit where like Thomas is in class and the teacher asks a question to the class and like Thomas puts his hand up to be like, I know the answer. And she's standing next to him and she sort of like gestures to, to the teacher, like Thomas knows the answer, even though the teacher can't see. <laughs> can't but it's see like it. this really <laughs> funny little bit of physical comedy that she does. It's really funny. Yeah, I just, the whole, the cast is like, is great. Everyone's really like nails their role. So anyone who's listening to this that hasn't watched the movie might be thinking at this point, isn't this supposed to be a oh, body yeah, swapping podcast? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the the reason this film counts is because to uh, achieve their unfinished business, all four ghosts are allowed to possess Robert Downey Jr.'s body in order to complete whatever they have to do. So uh, Robert Downey Jr. actually gets to... S- swap bodies with four different characters in this uh movie um two female two male um how did you feel that his swap performance was did you believe him as the four ghosts completely i i just think robert downey jr is an amazing actor 
I feel like he doesn't mm-hmm. sort of flex that muscle in all his roles. Like, I mean, he's always yeah, well, he's I, always good, but I think he's been trapped in that Marvel bubble for a yeah. while. So. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you know, I think did he get nominated for Academy Award for him being in um, that Chaplin movie? Like, he can yeah. really do it, you know? Like, and I think mm. that he does. It, his physical comedy in this is amazing, and like the way he holds himself. Like, if this was a straight traditional swap movie, imagine if he had to do a whole a whole film of a swapped persona. I think he he yeah. would do really well. Um, I almost felt like, you know, the way in Big, Tom Hanks got the kid to do the same, how he would do it, and then Tom Hanks would, like, do his best to do it how the child would do it. I feel like they must have done that as well with this because, yeah, there was, like, a real change when he was being embodied by the other people. Do you, What do you think? Yeah, I think he did a really good job in this film. Like, I, you could, it, it's like... He instantly had to switch gears and become that person every time it worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, Seeing him jumping in between himself and the other characters was, like, really well done. Like, it didn't feel odd. It felt really, like, well done. And was that him singing the national anthem? Like, bravo. (laughs) Yeah, I I couldn't tell if If it was was his voice or... Sounded yeah. like him. It sounded like him. Yeah. But if if it's not, they found somebody sounds like Robert Downey yeah, Jr. Yeah. yeah. It was very well done. And it like the whole idea um of like these souls that are bonded to him is a different like we've watched so many of these kinds of movies and this mm. is really different to to anything else. So good job on being original. Yeah, just the mm. continuity that was like kept throughout and it was always enjoyable to see like you know, when uh, he's going to the kitchen, uh, they're, like, sliding across the floor and stuff like that being drawn towards him. Yes. Um, yeah. And actually- Is um, a skateboard when- involved with that? What do you think we're, we're working with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the effects are actually still- I, I feel like they, they hold, hold up, up really as far well. as- Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like, when you see that bus come along, it's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't feel heaps green screeny. Like, I feel no. like I've seen stuff on television today that looks worse, you know? Yeah. Even things I really appreciated, like when it was raining at the end there, uh, the rain is like pouring all over jo- Robert and it Downey doesn't Jr. Go on Julia? It doesn't go on Julia know, or the right? bus driver. I yeah. Know, right. So, like, the bus driver, the ghost bus driver, and Julia are completely dry and stuff, just stuff like that. You could tell they actually cared about what they were making. Yeah. Um, yeah. This film actually felt like people put effort into it. Like, the score is really beautiful, the mm. way it's shot, all the period costumes, and, like, we watch so much shit mm. for this show. It's like, true. it's so, like, <laughs> like seeing the difference between a film that actually cares and has the resources to do yeah. what it actually sets out to do, it just makes such a difference. What do you think is sort of, like, a, an equivalent um, film nowadays? I feel like films, like, with this tone and this message and this sort of target audience like i saw this when i was so young and loved it and i'm still Mm. watching it you know 25 years later and crying at it yeah i think this tone is like what's missing i i I know what you mean because like if we look at the most recent like i i feel like jumanji even the like the original would have had more of this tone whereas today's jumanji 
like they really want to remove that element of like the heart's world. sadness yeah, and completely. death and like you know things like that yeah yeah um mm. one film that i really tie it to in my head and so this is not like a modern day equivalent because it, it was around the same time but I think I probably even saw them around the same time was Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> and- Except that Drop Dead Fred is an actual piece of shit movie. <laughs> oh. Paul hates Drop Dead Fred. Oh, that's, that's sad for you. Um, um, have, how off, how recently have you watched Drop Dead Fred? Wa- because I, that film does not hold up when, in any way. I watched it when Rick Mayall died um, and was still I still loved it, so... Yep, Paul, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's oh, not a good it. movie. Thank you. It's amazing. <laughs> and funnily enough, they do that looking up the women's dresses thing in that as well. Yeah, it was, was a 90s thing. It, every every 90s com- kids comedy had like up, upskirt perving. Um, interestingly, <laughs> though, like we can just get off Drop Dead Bread because I don't want it to be like slandered by Paul, who's not my friend anymore. Um, <laughs> um, but even as a child, I had this thing of I could never just watch a movie and just like just enjoy it as it was. I remember being really stressed out and the same with in Drop Dead Fred of being like, you're being an idiot. Like you're talking to yourself. You know that no one else can see these characters. You need to make it less obvious. It really (laughs) stressed me out being like, people are going to think you're mental. Like you need to cool it. And even like as an eight year old or whatever, that really stressed me out. Speaking um, of I which, agree, in yeah. Heart and Soul, when he's in the uh, boardroom and he just, they yeah. start just messing with him, yeah. like possessing him in front of his boss and like hitting on him and stuff, like that was like, I was like, oh my God, they're ruining his it's life. Savage, right? Yeah. It's completely <laughs> yeah. savage. Yeah. And then he apparently just went back in, said that he took, um, he took some weird drugs after the, uh, car accident and that was going to make it all okay but see i don't know i thought i really liked that because i was like oh there's a solution that i'll buy that they'll be like oh okay he's like yeah you know yeah good good film the same with um when he's late for the date and he rocks Hmm. up and he's like sorry i had to work or whatever and it's like just show the car like you got in a massive smash up just yeah lift your lift your shirt up and show her the two broken ribs like um yeah i thought they could have milled that more yeah well how how do you feel about that like this is something that we've seen in a lot of the swap films we do that the main character has a love interest then swaps and then the love interest puts up with all the like batshit Mm. crazy behavior and just kind of makes reasoning in their head for them acting crazy for that weird week and then just goes back to their normal life like did you believe that in this film um i don't know i guess they don't like delve too far into into her kind of character so you don't really get Mm -hmm. a sense of yeah she's more there just to like finish that plot of how this kid's been messed up by this whole yes. incident yep. and now he can learn to actually allow people in again. <laughs> but I thought Elizabeth, she did a good job. Like she was charming enough that you were rooting on 
Oh, you were rooting for him to get with her at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And like, how cute was the date that she um, planned for them? It was like in the botanic garden, like glass house yeah. atrium thing yeah. and got the whole thing closed down so they could have a cute picnic. Like, what a dream boat. Yeah. I, I went to that atrium or the conservatory when I was in San Francisco. Oh, really? But the... Yeah, but that inside isn't the real oh, one. Oh, it was a studio. Damn. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I guess they couldn't get the rights to put a whole bus inside of there. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, I do love, like, you know, seeing San Francisco as a background. Like, it's a very beautiful place. And I especially thought all the early stuff that's set in the, the late 50s is done really mm. well. Like, you know the way sometimes it's just so not tasteful? This was yeah. just perfect. Like you said, the co- all the costumes were great and the cars and all the song, and choices, the music. song choices. Yeah, you just cannot fault it. Well, what I was thinking is like it's the equivalent of somebody now setting a film in the 90s. Which is like how... <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> How old <are> we? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so the people working on this film would have had vivid memories yeah, of living fair. then. So I have to say though, the song choices, like the you know, great song choices the whole time, but that nineties Heart and Souls credit, credit song. Yeah is abysmal and because i had just i had just like cried at the end and then um walk like a man comes on which we need to like i can't believe we haven't sung it like five times already but they sort of only play like a verse and a chorus and then it swaps to that 90s song and it is so sad i was like turn it off adrian i was like i can't it's like killing me um i already <laughs> felt like so yeah. like just shattered by the end of the but movie it, it's such like a 90s thing that every movie had to have a yes. theme song that had the name of the movie in yeah. it and like sung in that ballad awful yeah. so- style <laughs> <laughs> you are my heart and soul <laughs> it's like shut up <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Say Elmo's fire. That's a that's a banger. <laughs> um, I also hate when in movies, at nine times out of ten, when they say the name of the movie within the film, mm. like in Gone Girl, or, or you know, yeah. like wait, no, no, do they gone, do it in Gone Girl? No, no, sorry, Gone Baby Gone. It's like she's Gone Baby Gone. I'm like, oh no. I, was, I thought Ben Affleck was like, you're gone, girl. <laughs> um but it is it does annoy me um okay so walk like a man Mm -hmm. brendan you don't know this but i think i even said it in the last episode my sister at my 30th birthday which i i didn't didn't organize a birthday party for myself because i always have this firm belief that no one's going to come Hence, I had a surprise <laughs> wedding as well. Did um, I? Did I know you when I was th- when I when you were thirty? Uh, no. No. Okay, well, so I don't probably, have to be offended. I wasn't invited. All right. No, probably <laughs> just. No, I've just outed myself how old I am, but I try not to let let that be a, a thing in my life. I'm thirty three years old. Whatever. I think I probably had met you because I I knew Paul quite well. I probably met you, but we yeah. weren't like buddies yet. So I can yeah. pretend um, to be offended. All right. anyway um so my sister organized a surprise 30th for me which is just like very on brand for my sister and she did a speech and then she did 
her and my friend Helen. So this whole episode on my behalf is dedicated to them because this movie is us. Um, it's like mm-hmm. our thing. Um, they did the walk like a man dance as part of my 30th birthday speech. Like the actual <laughs> dance that they do, you know, like that the girls do to each other. Um, and the yeah. way they walk down the street. Um, they did that exact dance. Um, so yeah. This movie is very <laughs> special to me. Who would have known when you agreed to do a, swap, a, swap, a, yeah. <laughs> a swapping podcast that one of your most favouritest movies would be coming? I actually can't believe that it didn't occur to me and that I wasn't, I haven't been begging for it for these past two years. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> fucking do Dream a Little Dream. It's going to be the best movie ever. Um, the minute that they did say it on Castology, though, I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Fucking yeah, let's do this. And then I can't believe Paul let it happen. I'm, I'm a, a nice person. <laughs> You don't like dropped dead friends, so you're dead inside. Uh, we sh- we can have a discussion about that later. No, That's I don't really ever interesting. Wanna, I don't ever want to discuss that with Paul again. I don't want to hear the reasons. Uh, I don't you wanna. you need you need to listen to another podcast. The How did this get made? Episode on Drop Dead Fred, and it was like they have a very similar argument. Yeah, it's um, like so. it's a de- very divisive. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a very yeah. interesting episode. I'm not here yeah. for it. I will, I'm not going to open my ears to it. That's fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Team Fred. Um, <laughs> Team Sanity. <laughs> nah. okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. <laughs> One, I know I have had barely any criticisms for this movie. One thing I will say mm-hmm. that is negative is, you know, the way at the end, Robert Downey Jr. is like, okay, like I need to get it together. I need to, like, commit to this woman. I need to tell her how amazing she is and I need to make this work. Mm-hmm. And they meet up again at the conservatory thing. Yeah. The outfits that they're both wearing are terrible. <laughs> I'm like, we went through this whole film, like, doing so well, and then uh-huh. this, the last, the last scene, they look like shit. Well, <laughs> Danny Jr. is wearing a turtleneck and a, um, a suit jacket, which is a bold look if you're Drake mm-hmm. and you <laughs> can pull it off, <laughs> but he doesn't rock it, and it's, like, very ill-fitting suit, which is very- He's got this yeah. weird hairdo at the time yep, as well. yep. And then she is wearing a red long sleeve dress with red yeah. tights. Like, yeah. she just looks like a beetroot. It's not okay. Um, you know what's the funniest is when I saw them, I looked at Katrina and I said, Paul and Lucy are going to talk so much about yeah. what they're wearing. Yeah, amazing. Um, um- uh, so, did you both watch this with uh, your respective partners, like the whole film? Yeah, because I yes. said to Adrian, I was like, Adrian, I have to watch <laughs> this movie for the podcast, and it's 
probably the only one that you're going to want to join in on. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. And then it's so funny, like 10 minutes in with the Julia, my love. He was like, oh my God, Lucy, this is where this is from. <laughs> Wait, so you had never, you'd, he had never watched it before? Um, it was one of those things where he like w- was unsure, Vaguely you know, like it. maybe he had seen it when he was younger, mm. um, but he wasn't like a hundred percent on the plot and whatnot. So yeah. So Kat- did we get we did we get thumbs up from Katrina and Adrian? Yeah, yeah Katrina Katrina it. never watched it before. She loved it. Oh, how about that? Um, uh, talking uh. about Danny Junior's hair as well. Where in the chronology of sort of like his craziness? It- this is before the like. This is before he went downhill. So he's, I feel like there's this real chaotic energy like bubbling underneath mm. the surface. Like you can feel that something's yeah. gonna. The cocaine. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> he, he has described this as the favorite movie he's ever worked on. Oh my God. Like you said, in terms of like, um, ever, like in terms of the energy on set. And he said like, he loved the fact that the film was about his like performance like he wore the same costume for the entire film it was just all he had to do was just show up and act yeah and he said um he just had the best time working on this film so. you didn't have to stand in front of a green screen and just pretend yeah. he's flying and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well actually he probably did <laughs> <laughs> okay now it's time for our favorite segment, Hot or Not. Take it away, Brendan. Uh, I'm going to do this in the style of the Four Seasons. Is that the name of them? Yes. Okay. Uh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Is she a toot or a boot? Is she ugly or cute? Tell me if she's hot or not. <laughs> that was... Boom! <laughs> that was... Not. <laughs> All right, wait, let Everyone me do a freestyle. Everyone beautiful. Now that's it. it. Okay. <laughs> that's locked in. Everyone is beautiful oh, in their own way. I backup call and response thing. Well, I thought you would. I thought you enjoyed it, but. Yeah. <laughs> you, you said you were trying. You sounded really Australian. <laughs> I feel like. Are they a toot or a boot? <laughs> I feel like sense. he's got like this sort of. When you listen to it, it's got like this husky voice. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Kind of a bit yeah. like um, Reckless Eric. I get that. Everyone is beautiful, beautiful in their own way. way. So let's judge him. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to double down on the Downey. He, yeah, super hot. I'm giving him a hot, which makes him a recipient of the Melora Harden Achievement like in be, Double Hotness. It has to be across the board. <sighs> No, it doesn't. It does. Majority. <laughs> Majority. No, I think it has to be across we the know. board, which it is, so he gets it. But. So he is a recipient of Melora Harden, uh, double hot, special achievement in hotness in SWAT films. Uh, he is now officially hot in two SWAT films. What an accolade. Chance, chances. <laughs> chances. <laughs> 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 and heart and soul. So congratulations, Robert Downey. He joins well the deserved. likes of who who is who has won this award? We've got Melora Harden. <laughs> who else? Good. Leslie Mann. El- Ellen Ellen Bar- Barkin? Is that her name? Yeah, yeah, Ellen Barkin. Leslie Mann. Um uh Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and not the rock. 
I'm here for it. <laughs> Can we, but yeah. I want it more than anyone. I want to send it to Jack Black. I want Jack Black to get the trophy. <laughs> to know he's hot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I will organize. While I'm in ISO, I really feel like this is the time to do it. Why don't you just <laughs> organize them, these just hotness awards? Whittle them out of uh, wood in your backyard. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Robert Downey Jr., there's just something about him. He's just a beautiful man. Um, charisma for days. Yeah. I'm here for it. And the more he became a lovelier person by the end of the film, the more attracted I became. Yeah. Good work, Robert Downey. Elizabeth Shue as the love interest. Hot, even though that dress at the end. But yeah, she was hot. And she had like. And her, her, her hair the, and eyebrow game was very 90s. 90s thing, but you can forgive it. Like, it's, it is what it mm. is, you know? Like. I really don't but- see what you guys are talking about. I think she looked very nice and attractive. <laughs> But if you compare to, like, just say we watched, uh, I watched uh, Adventures in Babysitting for the tenuous swap, and that was, like, like, the way she was styled in that film and the way her eyebrows and hair looked in that film were, like, miles ahead of this. No, yeah, I do like that feathered hair look. It was good. The 90s eyebrows can go, like, one of two ways. It's, like, there was a period Mm -hmm. of time where they were really thin, but then there was also, Mm -hmm. like period of time where there was like the brook shields like really thick structure yeah beautiful eyebrows um so you'd say yeah. what you could get <laughs> <laughs> kira sedgwick as julia so hot and beautiful i loved her outfit she was gorgeous and she's yeah just every scene in this pink satin pants and like beautiful like pin set curls she she's so pretty yeah mm. pin up model can- kind of thing yeah yeah, I'm going to be a hot as well. You can see why Kevin Bacon married Oh, my her. God, and I love that they've been together for like a thousand years and they've got a kid with a funny name and I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if we've all seen uh, Wild Things and Hollow Man, we know why she married Kevin Bacon. So. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> the big dick. <laughs> you, you'll figure it out, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> um. Tom Sizemore as Milo Peck, the pretty criminal. Yeah, he he gets a heart from me. Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give him a knot. He's he's just there's a ski vibe to him. I don't like the uh, fact that he's like a sexual predator. Well, and I, I do. don't like. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a good looking man. He had like the the fifties quaff in his hair. Uh, and that, like, that look where the jeans are kind of short and then you've got the white socks and the shoes. No, he's got, and he like, the, the jeans jacket. cut into, tucked into his shirt and he <laughs> had, like, the the big quaff that was gigantic that looked, like, glued yeah. to his head. Well, I was, <laughs> and he gets a pile. outside of the film, apparently, he's, like, the biggest douchebag. All right, well, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, Charles Grodin as Harrison. The opera singer? Oh, see, he, he's not for me. I thought he'd be up your alley. You don't know me. Because he's an elderly <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I think younger Charles Grodin was definitely hot, but I think at this point, a bit too too much of the dad vibes for me. So I'm giving him a nod. Plus, they kind of, like, make his character, you know, like, he's not supposed to be, like, a slick dude. He's kind of, like, a lovable <laughs> loser. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Brendan? 
Yeah, no, he's got, like, I feel like he should be on Seventh Heaven or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just get those sort of vibes from him. He was the dad in Beethoven starring On Thin Ice, I aka Skating that. for the I Gold. Have done a, um, a tenuous connection to this from that. <laughs> Although I would have had to recommend Beethoven and not this, but whatever. That's, like, uh, better than one of Brendan's connections, so... <laughs> Alfred Woodard as Penny. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. Definite heart. Lovely person. And just like the warmest character. So beautiful. Yeah. All right. And let's do one friend or foe. What, the kid? Thomas. Robbie Daddy yeah. Jr. as a kid. Thomas. Yeah. Eric Lloyd as young Thomas, age seven. Oh, my God. Yeah. Friend or friend foe. For friend. Sure. And I'm here for <laughs> yes. it with the. I would have loved to have been friends with a kid who had four imaginary friends. Like, I'm here for <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I am going to give him a friend, and I wanted to definitely bring this up because I've got a reputation on this film. Uh, oh, sorry, I've got a sh- reputation on, on this podcast <laughs> for shitting on child actors and saying that they deliver shit performances. And I have to say, this is the performance that I'm looking for. This, this is... <laughs> A quality child performance. That kid, you know, he delivered in this film. He delivered in Dunson's Checks In. That, like, oh he God, was a powerhouse. Kid, yeah. yeah. I hear you, Paul. I hear exactly what you're saying. You want to see children cry. And I, I know, I, I understand you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but even, like, before he, like, okay, the crying, like, broke my heart, but... Like, he was a cute kid, and he was a likable kid. He was never annoying. When he like, dances, a lot of these, when he dances, yeah, when he's dancing. walk like a man, my God, that is mm-hmm. the cutest kid I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and when yeah. the, like, teacher goes in and looks and is like, huh, I'm like, no, you should be like, oh, that's so adorable. He's just a kid singing in the toilet. Yeah, like, exactly, what's wrong? Exactly, exactly. It doesn't seem like he does much anymore, though. He was in all the Santa Claus movies, and then he's done a couple of, like, appearances on random TV movies, and that's it. Maybe he just knew he could never top that crying Julia scene, so he just was like, (laughs) I've peaked, man. Let's get to Opinion Swap, where we find some interesting reviews of Heart and Souls from across the interwebs. I swear to God, if anybody says anything bad, I'm going to flip a table. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was very difficult to find bad reviews of this film. Um, most of the reviews on the internet are like, this is my favorite movie. <laughs> I love it so much. Here we go. This one's from Ryan Terry on Letterboxd. He gives it four stars. And he says, I love Tom Hanks in the movies that he did with Meg Ryan and Splash. But with this movie, with just the walk like a man dance down the sidewalk scene alone, Robert Downey Jr. almost claimed the quirky rom-com lead title from T. Hanks. Wow. How do you feel about that, Lucy? I feel like this this would be like Sophie's choice for you. When it comes time for us to rank, like I still haven't made up my mind because currently mm-hmm. Big is sitting at the top of my list. I, I yeah. don't know where I'm going to put it. Like I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like if you were talking about purely Robert Downey Jr. and Hanks, I feel like Lucy would be easily on 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 the Hank side, right? Yeah, because Robert Downey Jr. doesn't have the same yelling like power that Tom Hanks has. <laughs> Tom Hanks has a deeper back catalogue of of nineties hits, yeah, and like more things that are like the right note to to make you fall in love with him. But this is yeah, 
definitely this is on Robert Downey Jr.'s highlight reel for sure. It's amazing. Uh, So this one's from Jared Lee on Letterboxd. He gives it five stars. And he says, On the first day of each month, I watch this. The greatest film ever made. It works as a brilliant palate cleanser for the month before, either good or bad, and sets me up with a fresh mindset for the month ahead. God bless this film. Watch it if you haven't already. (laughs) How many years ago was that? That was uh, done one month ago. I am the world's biggest repeat offender with watching things that I love, and even that's that's a bit full on for me. (laughs) Yeah, and this guy has done multiple reviews for this film on Letterboxd. He just loves it. He did another one, like, claiming how it's helping him through quarantine. So, apparently this film means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. So, that's nice. This one's from Nancy46 on IMZB, and she says, My all-time favourite. Heart and Souls would have to be the most heartwarming, funny, tear-jerking, feel-good movie of all time. I can't understand why no one I know has heard of it till I rave about it and insist they watch it. After several viewings, I feel that Julia, Harrison, Penny and Milo are people I know and I care about. And as for Robert Downey Jr., every time I watch it, I pray that he straightens out his own life. Such a waste of talent to be in and out of jail. Heart and Souls ranks up there for me with Baghdad Cafe, Five Easy Pieces and Wings of Desire. Oh, did I write that review? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, not in 2002. <laughs> um, I love how, like, there's so many judgy reviews like that. Are like, I love this film. Robert Downey Jr., get your shit together. <laughs> that seems to be a... A recurring thing. Like, they all must be older because he's fully sorted himself out now. Yeah. But, yeah, like, just Meanwhile, leave him alone. It's his, it's his business. <laughs> all right. So this one's from Michael154 on IMDb. He gives it 9 out of 10. Positive and upbeat, clean and refreshing. He says, this is a great family flick in an era of filth. <laughs> this is a welcome relief. I could watch this film with my 12-year-old daughter and not feel embarrassed. I could recommend this to my pastor or my 80-plus-year-old mother without fear. Great ensemble cast, actors who could sustain a movie on their own, fun to watch, tugs at your heartstring. That's an interesting one. Like, I feel like if you're that religious that that's the most important thing to you, a movie where a kid's like showing porn to two older men. Yeah, I was gonna um, say, there's a few things I People want are my looking up skirts. I mean, I don't have one. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm not recommending it to, to a pastor. This one's from Paula Scan on IMDb. He gives it 9 out of 10. Wonderful spiritual tale. The film is almost a movie theme as it addresses the dimension of the afterlife, life after death. It is based on numerous accounts of experienced people who have had contact with spiritual beings without bodies who have actually lived shortly before as human beings. As the arbitrary and irrational authoritarian influence of religions was released off our societies, Western world ones first and then worldwide, we saw these previously taboo stories emerge in the sets of the modern world. The phenomenon of the medium itself, that human being capable to pose as an intermediary channel between dead people, in any case without physical bodies perceptible to our five senses, and us, human beings of flesh and bone and many other things, what? has become a landmark mm. of the progress of science. Rigid attitudes, <laughs> rigid attitudes of allegedly scientific refusal do not res- resist any more to facts which are multiplying. And science can now say that it does not understand these realities. 
They are just mysteries, but not hallucinations or bullshit anyone. Truth is out there, dude. Why is she talking about science? Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking movie. Too many duly documented official, even legally sworn about witnessings have piled up in the files of our governments. So this film is both a joyful comedy and a message of tolerance, and it pitches its scenario into our arms and makes us share what human life looks like when it is in touch with this new dimension on a natural daily basis. It also touches on this phase of childhood where so many parents have oppressed consciously or by blind faith the natural occurrence of this communication with the afterlife on the part of their children playing with these imaginary friends, as they say. Excellent performance, great achievement, not always easy to make, a must-see. Wow, that was... uh... What? Why didn't they just cut all the bullshit and just end with the the last sentence? Right? Like that's a movie review. Yeah. <laughs> I know the start of it. I was like really listening, but I'm like none of these sentences make sense. Why can't my What? That's crazy. All right. Well, good on you, Paula Scan. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> Now it's time for Tenuous Recommendations, where we each recommend a movie, TV show, song, album, or book that is connected to today's movie in some way. So I'll start. I actually watched another movie this week. That's not going to be my official recommendation, but I do want to shout it out because I did really enjoy it called Soap Dish. Have you guys seen that? I don't think so. Sounds so familiar. Yeah, it does. Is that a similar era? Yes. And it also stars Robert Downey Jr. and Elizabeth Shue. As well as Sally Field and um, Whoopi Goldberg, and it's Why can't really just good. <laughs> because, like, I was watching it, I'm like, I really want this to be the link, but I had already decided on another link that I feel like nobody has watched, and I really want this to be my recommendation. Now, I know Brendan's seen it, and for some reason, I keep lending this DVD out to people, and then people don't watch it. So, Lucy is the second victim oh, of shit, this Hamlet currently. Two. Hamlet 2. Yeah. So, <laughs> Hamlet 2 is stars um, Elizabeth Shue as well as Steve Coogan and Catherine Keener. Uh, it's a 2008 comedy from the director Andrew Fleming who did Dick and the Craft and um, written by Pam Brady who co-wrote the South Park movie and Team America World Police. It is a hilarious comedy about this wannabe actor who um, is teaching drama at a school and then decides to write his own play which is a sequel to Hamlet where Hamlet starts time traveling <laughs> and um, meets up with um, Sexy Jesus. And there's a song called Rock, Rock Me Sexy Jesus. Love me sexy, love me sexy Jesus. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a musical. This movie is so underrated. I, I don't understand why everybody hasn't seen it. Do you know why I haven't watched it? Because I don't know. We don't have a DVD player. And so we have to use the PlayStation, and I don't know how to use it. <laughs> so I have to get Adrian to do it for me. I do want to watch it. I will watch it. Yeah. You can force yeah. me and to I watch it now. Yeah, but I don't want to have to force you. I think you should just watch it because I know you will love this movie. Like, I know you will love okay. this movie. And, uh, like, Brendan, back me up. Like, yeah, it's she'll great. love this movie. And Elizabeth Shue plays herself in this film, oh, wow. and she's fantastic in it um just 
everybody go out and watch Hamlet 2. Like, I can't stress this enough. Like, I don't get why people are so resistant to this film. <laughs> but it's so good. I think it's because nobody knows who Steve Coogan is as well. Oh, really? But that's not true. Like, he's like he keeps making those Trip to Italy oh God, movies, and, and they the all do really I well. Like, I've never seen oh any of those. Oh, my God. That's your homework. <laughs> and watch the series, not the movie. My God, they're so good. Yeah, I like. I really like Steve Coogan, but oh my God, I, die. I feel like he's few and far between. And I've got a Steve Coogan film I still have to watch. That this directed in another film with him and Paul Rudd called Ideal Home, which I know See, Brendan's seen, seen, but that. I haven't seen that. So I think we all need to do like a Steve Coogan catch up sesh. <laughs> <laughs> Please watch the series though, and not the film of the trip. Okay, Brendan. and you have to watch them in order. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's my recommendation. Uh, what's and yours, Lucy? Lucy recommended the trip, so it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, okay, so mine is. I was so excited when it occurred to me that I could um, recommend this because it, this would be like on my list of favorite movies ever. I'm picking Singles, which was made in 1992. Ah, yeah. Have, you, have either of you seen it? Matt Dillon, right? Yeah. I've no I haven't clue. seen it. I've I'm trying to catch up on all these iconic nineties films. Mm. Like I watched Reality Bites the other day, and this this is on my list of ones I'm gonna yeah. have to watch. So it was made in nineteen ninety two and it's a Cameron Crowe movie and it's about a group of twenty something year olds who all live in the same apartment complex and sort of how their like stories are intertwined and it's set in Seattle in like you know, primetime grunge era. And yeah, it's got a great cast. Kira Sedgwick is in it. Um, Matt Dillon, Bill Pullman, Eric Stoltz, Jeremy Piven, Bridget, Bridget Fonda, Paul Giamatti. And it's got great cameos in it. Um, like 90s cameos. It's got Tim Burton, um, Chris Cornell. Uh, like the dudes from Pearl Jam are in a band with Matt Dillon and <laughs> they're really bad. And I just, I love this movie. Um, and like the soundtrack is equally like 90s amazing. You know, it's like Soundgarden and Pearl Jam and Mud Honey and Smashing Pumpkins. And yeah, it's a, a really good time. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Mm. Uh, Brendan, what's yours? Um, well, I was going to choose A Life Less Ordinary, but I haven't watched it in so long. And I don't know if I'm going to back myself of like 17 <laughs> year old Brendan. So. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think I'm gonna go with a show called Patriot. Uh, it's like a, an Amazon, uh, TV series, unfortunately short lived. Have you guys heard of this one? No. Yeah, like, I, it was one that to me just flew really under the radar, but I heard, um, Dan Harmon of all people, like, touting it, and, like, he's, I don't know, I just never hear him gush about something, and so I was like, I'm gonna see this show, like, everything about it, doesn't speak to me. It's all like secret agents and stuff. Um, but the character of this, uh, the secret agent, his, um, his father is sort of like his boss and, um, he's been put on this assignment and he's like, just, you can see it in his face. He's gone through so many of these things that he's just like, you know, he's been killing people. He's been doing all this stuff and he's just like ready to like, I don't know, just freak out. And so, uh, just seeing this guy on the edge as he's like forced to do another job to save America. Um, and, ah, it was just really a really interesting. So is it a drama? It's a, yeah, it's a drama. And, uh, 
Uh, it definitely has comedic elements. What's the link? Uh, to oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> so the link is. <laughs> uh, so Kentwood <laughs> Smith. Who? Who? Kent Kentwood Smith is uh the the link. So the in in that whole thing about there being a what was it a an aerospace building or or yeah. company yeah, yeah, that yeah. they were oh, like liquidating. Yeah, yeah. The the dad from that seventy yeah, show. The dad from that seventy show. Yeah. 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 So this is the most the most uh down the road link I've done in a while, but <laughs> I really like the Patriot and I I don't know. So is it the Patriot or Patriot? It's called Patriot. Okay. It's three seasons, they're all super tight, really enjoyable. Um once again on brand for me is this guy who's searching, you know. <laughs> And mine is 90s yeah. nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and mine's sexy Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where are we ranking heart and souls among the films we've covered on the podcast? I'm going last. Ah, oh, it's, it's really tough when you haven't like seen, like, cause this is so fresh. And it's like, am I just at, or like reacting, or is that like definitely my opinion? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I like, I almost want to put it first, but I feel like, as far as like, if this list is about swap films, I What's don't your feel like one? the hot chick, Brendan. The hot yeah. chick, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I just like, I still feel like this is a better movie than the hot chick, but it's not as much of a swap as the hot chick. So I think I'm gonna put it number two. <laughs> three. I'm putting it number three. Okay. No, I'm putting I, it number two. Number two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to put it at number three. So I'm gonna put it between the hot chick and Freaky Friday 2003. So your top three is your name, the hot chick, and. Heart and Souls. Heart and, souls. Yeah. and mine, yeah. mine is oh, The Hot Chick, Your Name, and Heart and Souls too. Oh, there you go. Good movies. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, what are you going to do? I... Will Can Heart and Souls beat big, big for Lucy? I don't think it can. It's number two, but yeah, it, yeah if it is a body-swapping list, um, yeah. I think it's got to be number two. So my top three are big... Han Souls and the Hot Chick. Okay, but like followed by but, your name. There you go. Yeah, so pretty respectable rankings, all three. Yeah. I I thought I literally thought it was gonna top your list. So um, but it's, you know, it's, it, it's funny how Brendan said that it like maybe I need to watch Big Again and really like evaluate. But I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it's number two. And like, fuck, Disney has the rights to Big. Why the fuck is it not on? Disney Plus already. Yeah, that's such a like, good really. point. All right, so next episode. I'm pretty excited Whoa. about this one. We have been waiting for this for so long. So I don't want you guys to oh, interrupt dear. me. I don't want you guys to interrupt me. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, what it is. <laughs> right at the inception of this podcast, mm-hmm. very early on, I think it was this, this was supposed to be our third episode. Yeah. And then I went to do it and found out it's only been released in Russia. <laughs> So we weren't able to do it. Oh, my God, you but found I, it. Guys, it's available. We can watch it. So next episode, we will finally be experiencing the 2016 comedy, The, the Sex, the, the Russian hit, 
<laughs> the sex trip. <laughs> well, shit. Putin where, gave it five stars. <laughs> <laughs> where after a shallow womanizer refuses a mysterious homeless woman's request for a kiss, he wakes up the next morning to discover he's been changed into a motherfucking woman. <laughs> <laughs> You, it, I knew it would be like a severe crash after <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hansel's, but I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> but this is something we've been waiting for for so long. I- <laughs> Can you just change like the 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 theme of this podcast to like shit films or us or something like i just i know it's what you live Look. for and that's you know as good as good as it's ever gonna get so well yeah so uh we can have that to look forward to um see what all the russians were raving about mm-hmm. <laughs> can't wait uh, how, are you, how are you gonna find reviews about this movie <laughs> Google Translate, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, look, very much looking forward to the next episode. So, until that gem, I was Paul Mitzi. I was Lucy Thomas. I was Brendan Levi. All right, review us on iTunes. Bye. 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 iTunes, bye, iTunes. Bye. Ooh, uh, ooh, uh. <laughs> Walk like a man. man. Talk like a man. <laughs> yeah. Down, 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 down. The Swellcast podcast is recorded in Adelaide, Australia. It's hosted by Paul Mitzi and edited by Brendan Levi and Paul Mitzi. Our theme song was written and performed by John Marco of Two Creative, featuring Lucy Thomas, and recorded at Browntown Studios. Our music bumpers were created by Reggie Parker. Contact him on parkerregmusic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.